What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. My mind's playing tricks on me. Self-Helpless with Kelsey Cook, Delaney Fisher, and Taylor Tomlinson. Welcome to Self-Helpless, everyone. I'm Delaney Fisher. I'm Taylor Tomlinson. I'm Kelsey Cook. And oh my gosh, today's <laughs> guest, I'm hoping I can even say words today because I'm a little starstruck. Um, today we have, okay, <laughs> successful entrepreneur, podcaster, CEO, uh, author, public speaker, wife, mother, the whole shebang, Kathy Heller is here today. Yes! good about myself <laughs> you should I, I appreciate it so much and you're all so pretty and <laughs> you wind up being like really easy to talk to and normal oh. and i just feel so happy right now oh thank my you God. for having you. me here oh my thank god thank you for coming thank it's really you. a cool idea for a podcast and when i heard that you guys were doing this and all the incredible people you've had on and i love that there's like these fierce hot smart women who speak <laughs> out about what's really going on, you know? Yeah. And I think that the world needs that. So, oh, thank you. Good for you, everyone. Thank you. Oh, thank my you. God. Gold stars all around. <laughs> thank you. Oh, so, uh, I'll tell a little bit how I found you. So, um, Deep breaths. Yeah, I know, right? You got this. Oh, my God, okay. You hold my hand? So, yeah. Okay. So, I'm a huge fan of your podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job. Um, and I had been a stand-up comic for about six and a half years, as well as having a day job that I didn't really like. No. And I just felt really lost and was in that whole spiral of, like, this is what I should be doing. And I, you know, I didn't want to do stand-up full-time, but I didn't want to have a day job full-time. And I had always had this hobby or this little side business that I had that was always like fun and that I loved and I just enjoyed doing and people would buy stuff from me, but I never took it seriously. I never, never thought that that could be my full-time job ever. So when I was really at a crossroads of like, I'm so unhappy and so miserable doing what I'm doing, this is not what I love anymore. 
what the fuck do I do? Yeah. Uh, and so I started searching for like entrepreneurial podcasts and articles and just like, I need examples of people who have been to the other side and done it successfully and who have felt what I'm feeling. And I stumbled across an episode of your podcast and I'm like, holy shit, this woman did exactly like basically i felt like you right. i connected to you immediately and then all the people that you had on the same kind of story yep. like the same formula and i basically plugged that into my own life and as of a few weeks ago i left my day job to do what i love full-time and i turned my hobby into my full-time business That's so incredible <laughs> and I attribute, what is that what it's, is oh that my thing? god so okay. <laughs> Brace yourself. Spurting around it i keep waiting i'm like what, what is it though delaney are you gonna tell her <laughs> okay so it's a gag gift business um it's called dicks it. by delaney and i make hand-painted penis caricatures on ceramic coffee mugs oh <laughs> we need a pic- i'm gonna pull up the picture yeah so basically people send me a picture of their favorite celebrity or character or loved one and i turn them into like a a penis caricature it's all hand painted here's the one Um, she did of me (laughs) so do you see how like so how like the boobs are technically like supposed to be the balls i get it you know what i mean <laughs> i don't know that i even I need to explain it. that that much but so this is but what they're, like, I, beautiful <laughs> something so simple it's yeah like, and this makes you happy it makes me happy and it probably because it makes you happy and that was like really true yeah that clearly is going to make other people happy because you yeah. leaned into that thing that you felt called to do and look how excited you are about that yeah i'm very like, oh made one for conan, conan. Uh, it was pretty sweet <laughs> Yeah, that's how like legit her business is now is like fucking Conan O'Brien dick mugs. But, um, you know, I knew this was like that's the path I want to take is like, how can I make this hobby into a business and where do I even start? And so I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I had no idea how to get there. And I attribute so much of what you do and your podcast to being able to get to where I am now. And it's been it's been about probably six plus months to kind of from like start to finish of crafting everything. And, and it's only been six months. And it's only been six months. And I and would Tony say. Ryan is yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's because of Taylor. She was on tour with him. So oh, all my friends are helping. Um, but he yeah. loved it. He thought it was so cool. Yeah. It, yeah. it was just great. And because of our, the following of the podcast, basically once I announced that I was going to be doing this full time and putting all my heart into it. Yeah. overnight i had orders and stuff so it was you know the podcast is a huge reason That's why really it's cool. only taken six months because i know it can take several years but now i'm in this place where i'm yeah. already trying to figure out how i can scale it i'm looking into equipment for for basically laser printing so i can make more in a day Amazing. so anyway i just want to thank you and i was like and i was listening to your podcast so much thinking oh my god i have so many questions but it's about this dick business right. and, <laughs> and i'm like i don't did know. You know that when i was sitting there about to do this podcast i was like maybe there's a girl somewhere in the world who wants so much to draw a penis and put someone's face on it and i could help her go ahead and do it and the fact that those are now all over the world sitting under christmas trees wrapped up with a bow yes Someone's gonna open that on Christmas morning. Yeah. Because I have the fact yeah. that I have something to do with that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like doing the Lord's Santa work. Claus. You are. You're yeah. like my Santa really, Claus. Yeah. It's like it's amazing how you <laughs> just really brought it all to life. But I'm yeah. I'm really happy for you because that enthusiasm that you just I mean, it was all over the room, right? We all felt yeah, that. That yeah. energy is that <laughs> palpable. So in 
enthusiasm lights up in the brain stronger than compassion, stronger mm. than lust, stronger than anything. Mm. That's where we all want to be. We're all yeah. living mm. for that. For yeah. the moment when, when you're like, you have to see this show. Or, oh my gosh, I just did this thing last weekend. You have to try this thing. That enthusiasm. And really, so often, it's so simple mm, yeah. and it's so subtle. Like, just leaning in to whatever it is that is, for some reason, like pulling you towards something. Yeah. I think the whole job that we have as people is just to learn to allow and to mm. stop resisting where you're being pulled. Like all mm. of a sudden the resistance comes in with the, well, who am I to do that? Or yeah. how would that even happen? The how is always going to be this big fuzzy sort of kaleidoscope that's hard to understand and there's never going to be a printout that's like, hey, Kath, first you're going to make a left turn, then <laughs> yeah. you're going to call this person, then you're going to use a hashtag like this, and then you're going to use an email subject line like this, and overnight you're going <laughs> to... No one gets that printout. Right. Yeah. All you have is some feeling, and then you have this courage to just go toward it. Yeah. And then you will be led to what that is leading you to. Like, it might have been for somebody else that they feel so, for some reason, they want to lean into, like, throwing this party and then they realize that they love making pie, and then the pie becomes the whole thing. Mm, it, yeah. it just, it's, it's, there's a mercy to the universe. It's merciful. Like, it's leading you there for a reason. Like, look how excited you just got about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's why it's going to work. Because when you're, when you're that lit up, your brain's going to start to give you, like, all of these ideas and oh, yeah. info and insight. And it's so cool to see that happen for people. And I think that's when we're in the flow. Like, I think for each of us, there's a current yeah, that is right. our current. And we could find it if we just allowed. Like, we take ourselves out of the flow constantly. I have conversations with people all day long, and they're telling me with such clarity exactly what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And then they argue for their limitations. I spend the whole conversation. <laughs> wow. they're of course I'm not going to do that. Let me tell you why. Of course I can't do that. And then I'm like, you're arguing for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Right. Just if, it's, what, what if the how isn't known mm -hmm. by anyone and we just kind of accept that? And what if yeah. just allowing that to be what's pulling you? Because that if that enthusiasm is what lights up strongest in the brain, then maybe that's a clue that God or the creator of the universe, or even if you don't believe in God, right. the fact that, like, if you have a car, there's certain gas that pushes the buttons better for that. It's a, it's a hunk of metal. Clearly, like, it's not about having a divine relationship, right? But a car yeah. runs on certain things. If your brain literally lights up with something that's enthusiastic about some feeling... I think that that's a sign that, like, that's how you push the buttons to get your, whatever your vessel, your vehicle, whatever you came to do in this world, like, maybe it's just as simple as, like, we need to allow and we yeah. need to lean in. Yeah. And, and, and also I think it's about um, putting your shoulders back. And when you own that and, and you are that enthusiastic about something and you stop apologizing for why it can't be you or why you're not the one to do it or teach it or start the podcast or press publish on the blog or <laughs> make the mugs, and you just lean in and you just do that, other people, they buy your enthusiasm and yeah. they get on board. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, my so, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so motivated. <laughs> I, I know. Just, Let's like, go. <laughs> <laughs> 
You got to start a podcast. I forgot I was even part of this podcast for a second. I just felt I like I was like watching a TED talk and I just was so oh intently God. listening to you and trying to like soak every second of that in. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because Kathy, like you're saying, like there was so much resistance. Like I had this little hobby that I liked doing that always worked that people liked. And even if I was at a party and I'm like, oh, I just did a set on TV for whatever. I'm doing a cool show. They're like, but what about the dick mugs? Are you still doing those? And it was like, <laughs> it was right in front of my face the whole time. But yeah. because I enjoyed it, because yeah. it was, it felt not easy, but it just felt like this can't be the thing because right. I love it too much. And it's, yeah. it's fun and work what has to be that? shitty, right? Right. I have yeah. to hate right. what I do. It has right. to be hard. It has, right. to, it be, has to be hard. Yeah. Like, we, we recently had Danielle Laporte on my podcast, and she's like, how about let it be easy? Yeah. Yeah. How about it's not supposed to be hard? Exactly. How about when you're gripping and you're forcing and you're holding on tight? How about maybe that's you not allowing something? Maybe that's actually an indication that you're going off the flow. You're now, yeah. like, going somewhere that's not meant for you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm so grateful to have uh, the podcast. I started it in my closet two years ago, and I, I wanted to do this this really honest transaction of yeah. like saying something that maybe someone would metabolize and put down those very uh, I don't I don't know what the word I wanted to say is like this this constant stream this like fixation on what they can't do, what's been modeled for them. Yeah. Um, and maybe they could just start walking toward it. And I think part of it is, and I talk about this all the time on the show, but it really just keeps coming up for me as something that just can't be said enough. I think part of it is having the courage to make mediocre things. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the biggest things I've figured out that really I need to share is, like, can you allow yourself to like make six things before you like evaluate it and decide mm. that you're horrible at it like yes. did Ed Sheeran write like <laughs> yeah. songs yeah. one through 15 and were they all great <laughs> right. like, exactly does anyone yeah. do that? like yeah. what, what what standard so that's part of it is like can we surrender to the creative process yeah and stop criticizing ourselves there's always going to be a gap between what you're going to make in a moment and what you can identify as being brilliant yeah right so can you like let yourself like really just journey through and and make mediocre things and then make more brilliant things and all that stuff? Yeah, oh, exactly. that's it. No, I'm so hard. Yeah. Right now. You can't build on it if it's yeah. not there. You know, yeah. it's like there's nothing to there's nothing to kind of move toward if you haven't even made that first initial thing yet. Right, yeah. Yeah. and that takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Have you read The Artist's Way? Oh yeah. Yeah, and I had Julie Cameron on my podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> she's like my the yeah. artist way is like my like creative Your bible, bible. i've read it, it is like and a bible. worked through it probably at least 25 times that's like, a lot of times like over i've only done it like two times but they were both really life-changing for me and yeah talking to her was she she's like a um She's like a, a minister. That's what yeah. she's like. Yeah, she's oh. very plugged in. Yeah. And I said to her, I said, all right, just for a second, I just want to really know, do you think everyone is creative? Or do you think mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. might be a person who you're sort of leading down a rabbit hole? And I really... That's a great question. I want to know, yeah. like, what's really yeah. there for her? And she said, 
it's everybody's divine right Wow. To be yeah. creative. Like, we are all creative. Every, there is, yeah. She's like, have you ever walked into a preschool and seen a child <laughs> who's not playing with pain? Crunching the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. Like, you know, sitting in like a, yeah. you know, no. We're using too much blue crayons, guys. Yeah. Running low. Like, yeah. is there ever a kid who's like, unless I know that mom will put this one on the fridge. Right. I, oh, probably, exactly. like, no. Like, you're yeah. going to. Yes. You love it. And so she, yeah. that was her whole thing is like, we wow. all, if we could get back to that place yeah, um, and let yourself um, be messy. Yeah. And that is something she said. She's like, have you ever seen anyone painting and there's not a mess? Like mm, yeah. that, again, there are two pieces of the creative process, but we wind up doing them at the same time. And that's a mistake, which is. If a director is going to shoot a movie, you know, they're going to shoot every scene as many times as they want. They're going to try different angles. They're going to maybe try the line read a different way. And then they're going to edit later. Yes. So, But most creative people are like, okay, I'm doing my vlog <laughs> or I'm writing my yeah. set or I'm mm-hmm. writing a song or I'm sitting at the potter's wheel. And, oh, my God, like while I'm doing it, I'm editing it and it's not working. And it's like so, – because that's not how it is. Yeah. Like there, yeah. those are two yeah. separate phases of the process. Yes. And there's not even enough data usually for you to even assess and edit anything. It's right. Like you've done it like once or twice <laughs> and you're already it's like the 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 cake is in the oven. So wait the full 32 minutes before you take it out as opposed yeah. to taking it out yeah. at minute 12 and you're like this is sticky. This is not, it's not done. It's not even yeah. it's not even close to being ready to yeah. be assessed. Like and while you sort of go through it, it's like a cat with like a like a ball of yarn, and you follow the string, and you go this way and this way, and then it winds up that that ball of yarn is like hidden under the door in the pantry, and you find it. You find what, where you need to find, and sometimes on the way this way, you're led to something totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's all great. And yeah. We, we live in this, like, um, I think we don't feel comfortable in that unknown, and everyone's always asking you to define who you are. You know, at 18, what are you enrolling in? What are you going to do with your life? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. are you alive? Are you, like, a living, breathing creature who gets to decide in the moment? Like, I don't feel called to do that thing anymore. And mm-hmm. I know I promised somebody or told someone, or I think my parents told me I was good at this and not good at this, but... I think I want to discover more about myself or there's not enough pauses on like checking boxes and writing down answers that we can actually be led to. There's so many gifts that people have. They don't even discover because there's a there's a fear around um, looking at it even. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is as a child Either it's modeled for you that life is not supposed to be about being fulfilled and happy and that you have to give that up at some mm-hmm. point. Like yeah. sometimes you're told that. Yeah. Or sometimes for all of us, I think by the age of like eight, we've all gotten our hearts broken. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. someone smashed you to pieces. Right. Mm-hmm. Either it's your father or your mother or someone else or or you did something where you were vulnerable and creative and it really didn't pan out, and you got rejected. Mm-hmm. So you tell yourself, I know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be vulnerable. I won't want for anything. I'll, I'll lower the stakes, and I'll settle a lot, and that'll free me from ever getting my heart crushed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And that feels so awful when yeah. you live in that space. It's not 
what you think it will right. be. How mm-hmm. much courage does it take to say to yourself or to your partner or your best friend, like, I really want this thing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I could yeah. get hurt now, right? Yeah. 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 What if I get on to the court and I miss? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I make something that's ugly. Like, can I even handle myself? Like, what if you can? Like, what if that yeah. is the right? Like, that's part of the Instagram um, problem is that in 1983, you didn't know what, like, Susie was doing four streets away. But now you don't know, but you think you do. And it looks like everyone has it together. Mm-hmm. So you're like, but I just made something yucky. And that girl's making things that are perfect every second. But, like, look at all the failure. Well, you don't see that. No. Right. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Something that you say that you've said on the podcast uh, is something like you're not being rejected. You're being redirected, which oh I love. I love and that. Amber I, Ray said that to me. She was on the so show. Good. She's like, rejection is just redirect. I love it. And can yeah, we kind of get into your backstory on like how you ended up here because you have I such an incredible story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, starting off, you know, mu- uh, musician to getting your own business, all that stuff. Yeah. Your mocha's in music, all that oh, stuff. Oh, she is. I, <laughs> I just because your you. your your whole story, like your personal life and your professional life is such an incredible example of determination and perseverance and being resourceful and just Thanks. being smart and not giving up. And not I want I want our listeners to hear about your journey a little bit. So if you don't mind, Kathy, gonna so sweet. Well, take us back. Well, loves to talk about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like, makes you feel so important. She's like, um, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah that's but I love when you talk about, like, <laughs> what other people would think of as a failure. You were like, all right, well, what's what, how can I get around yeah. this? And I want to hear that part. Yeah, 100%. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I mean, in my house growing up, there was just so much pain. My mom was struggling with depression. She was suicidal. My parents had a really yucky marriage. I was their therapist. They used to sit me on a couch and be like, let me tell you what's going on in our sex life. Oh, my gosh. Oh, mortgage. Like, you know, I mean, she wants me, he wants me to give him a blowjob, and I want him to lose weight. And I'm like, uh, is that a thing? Oh, like, is, did you really? So, I, so many boundary oh, things. Man. I oh, would so think sorry. so. Yeah, it was just kind of gross. Yeah. And then my dad did leave, and then my mom really fell apart. And my mom is a, a, a musician, and I really saw what happens when, like, your dreams are dying inside of you. Mm-hmm. And, like... Mm-hmm you are thinking everyone else is going to 
do it and make you happy. And then that the whole thing that you gave it up for falls apart. So what do you have? And she was like, I have nothing. And, you know, and, and um, one day I said to her, like, you can't kill yourself. Like, you have two children. Like, hello, what about me? And she was like, you're not enough. Oh, my god! Like, I can't live for you. And I was like, oh. oh. So that's it. Like, I always felt that. But, yeah. like, it's true. And I think that's why I'm on a mission to be like, you are so enough, by the way. Like, yeah. by the by. Hmm. Like, everyone's like, I love dogs. I'm a dog person. I'm like, I'm a people person. I love people. Yeah. Like, I'm really, like, I really... I, like, stop at a light and look around and I'm like, this person, I can see it. Like, they need a hug. Or, like, they need to be just reminded, like, I, I see you. Like, mm-hmm. you do matter. Like, mm-hmm. there are people who would yeah. be really sad if you were not in this world. And that's just mm-hmm. true. I'm not, like, that is true. And I feel like, you know, you go to see people's funerals and you hear the things that people say. And you're like, ah, oh, they should have told that person while they were here. Yeah. Every person is super significant I mean we all have different DNA like there would you wouldn't be here if there wasn't something you were here to do that only you can do in the way you do it right like people have said things that I say on my podcast a million times but there's a there's a way that I say it that's it's just different because no one's had the exact circumstances that you've had and so your your viewpoint is always going to be different you're in your story that's what's you know so for me I think I was on this like mission to get out of there and all that was modeled for me was Okay, I love singing. I love songwriting. Okay, so it's Beyonce or Bus. Like one day I'll mm. be Sheryl Crow or not. And so I didn't know any other way. And I think that's one of the things I try to do on the show is bring on people who have a career. Like you guys would be an amazing guest. You should book, we should book that. Um, <laughs> I would love to show people like there are so many ways. There's so much in between like here and like selling out Madison Square Garden. And like mm. you would probably get there. Um, but all all of that is still just as cool, right? Like, yeah. there's so much. So I didn't know that. So I was like, one day I'll figure it out and I will sell out stadiums. And I came out to L.A. and um, I, wa- I wanted to get a record deal. And um, I worked really hard to try to figure that out. I didn't have a trust fund. I didn't even have, like, emotional support, you know, from my parents. They were sort of lost in their own stuff. Um, I got an apartment, got a job, and eventually I did get a record deal, which was amazing. And I was, oh. um, I was sitting in a recording studio watching Lady Gaga record. Recording paparazzi and Ron. <gasps> Ron oh, you got was goosebumps on. Oh, it was amazing. That's one of cool. my favorite Lady Gaga songs. Amazing. <laughs> And Ron Fair loves uh, strings. So there was all these, like, it was like this, like, 26-piece, like, string orchestra. Um, I'm your biggest fan. And then you hear the strings come in with, like, the synths. And you have this, like, pop orchestra, like, combo. It's amazing. (gasps) And I'm, like, I'm sitting here. I'm wearing my tight jeans. (laughs) It's all working out. And this woman's like, what do you want from Starbucks? And um, I wound up getting dropped from the label. And I, I was driving in my little sob, and um, and then I was sobbing. And uh, he pulled me over. Uh, he, he's like, hey, it's Ron. Can you pull over? I have something to tell you. So I pull over. And he's like, yeah, Jimmy Iovine doesn't know that this record is like a sure thing. He's like, I don't think it's going to happen. I was like, all right. Hmm. Okay. And we got the phone, and I was like, whoa. So, like, what happens when you meet the Wizard of Oz? And he's like... You know what yeah. I mean? Like, honestly, because at that point, I couldn't even be delusional and be like, well, one day, if it actually happened, this would, would, would work out. Because I was there. and it, So I was like, oh, I'll get a different record deal. I'm sure somebody else will be interested. So I went up through a series of events. Um, I met Craig Kalman at Atlantic Records. He's so sweet. And his son at the time, he was like eight or nine. He was like, Kath, your music is great, and I want to work with you. And again, that fell apart, too. Mm. So then I started to get like 
oh, I should go get a real job. And so I looked into getting a real job and I got a job at a nonprofit. And I was like, these people are miserable. Like it was like, I couldn't stay there. And then I got a job at an interior design firm because I was like, oh, I like being creative. Maybe I'll do something that's more structured creative, but mm. I forgot that I'm not good at drawing or math or anything like that. <laughs> and I wasn't just about going shopping. So that didn't work out. Um, and then my friend was like, well, if you're not going to do something you love, just make money. And I was like, mm. oh, good idea. <laughs> she's like, get, get a real estate license and sell commercial real estate. I know these guys, they're like, it's like a fraternity. Like you'll go in there. All you do is like meet with investors. And I was like, great. And I did that for like a year and a half. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, this is insane. And I started making money because, like, all of us are pretty good with, like, talking to humans. So that yeah. was really my job of, like, take out successful people and talk to them about buildings. And they'd be like, what's the cap rate? I'm like, please hold. I have no clue. I, have no, no, I yeah. still don't even know what it yeah. is. I'd be like, page 14. Just look at that. Like, you know, I don't know what the whatever. Yeah. And one day I was driving in my car, and it's always in the car, the story. And I pulled over, and I was crying. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I, I've journeyed through so much heartache that I need so much to do something that really feels like I'm being seen, like, I, like I'm like i here, like I'm doing something that feels like me, like I'm expressed. I felt so invisible so much in my life. And I was determined. And I said to myself, you know, I... It, if I was resourceful, is there anything else that I could do to do music? And I do believe in that Rumi quote, you know, what you seek is seeking you. Mm-hmm. And a week later, I was reading Billboard magazine, and there was a whole article about artists that were licensing their music to Old Navy ads and TV shows like Grey's Anatomy, and I was like, oh, I never thought of that. And anyway, that's where things really changed, and I said, what if I started to pursue that? And that was actually a moment where things crystallized, because I realized... Um, a, there were other ways to make a living. Mm-hmm. B, I realized we live in a time like no other where I could, I don't need Hagrid or some wizard to come along and like <laughs> yeah. give me a career. Yeah. Like my friend Andy J. Pizza says, like, he's like, everyone, every artist is waiting for Clive Davis or the big break. It's like, mm-hmm. that's not actually happening anymore. Yeah, it's not and, and also you don't need it today. Like you can go straight to, you can use LinkedIn. You can send an email. You can go right onto Instagram and make a community. You can yeah. put stuff on, on Etsy. Like you can build this yourself. So that was when I started to do that. And then um, I also realized in that time that uh, making money, money is value being exchanged for value. And so the difference between a hobby and a business is that in a business, someone's Someone else is on board. Someone else is like, oh, I'm going to write you a check. I also like the song. I also like the mug. I also mm. like that T-shirt. I love your set. It makes me happy. I'm going to pay you to be a headliner. Like, right. It's not just about you making yourself yeah. laugh. It's not just about you writing a song about heartache that makes you feel good. It's got to be that we're doing something to serve someone else. And I think a lot of artists get really stuck because they're like, well, why am I going to do the three jokes that everybody likes? I'm going to do my thing. Mm. Well, that's not working. That's right. not. <laughs> yeah. Right. So when we had Seth Godin on my show, he said, at the heart of everything successful is it's one thing. Mm. It's radical empathy. Right? Like, yeah. the, you, you should care what your c- customer finds beautiful or funny or interesting or what sweater, what, what fabric they like. Like, why wouldn't you care? What it, that, that's making you, that's a sellout because you care? Because you're going to make dinner for someone and you want to know what they like to eat? Like, I would think yeah. that that's really using your gift of making dinner. If you're a great chef, but you can now make something that someone else is like, oh, can you make something vegan? 
Mm. Yeah, why can't I? Wow, that's so great. Now you just went ahead and did something you love doing that you're good at. And then you made it so that this other person can also get on board, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I started to do research and I was like, what are these, what are the stories that are being told in these ads and these shows? And can I write my message? That's a universal story. Hmm. And I started to do it. And then I, um, like she said, because she's such a astute, good listener, um, <laughs> You get all the points. Uh, <laughs> I I was like, how do I get it? How do I get through? Because so many artists, so many songwriters. Like my mom likes to come up with all these excuses because my sister's an actor and and I'm a songwriter. And she's like, well, maybe songwriting is just easier. It's just an easier thing than being an actor. I'm like, right. Nobody wants to be a song. It's not competitive at all. It's like super <laughs> easy. Yeah. You know, people want to do right, that. Yeah. Right. Um, so. I was like, well, how do I get through? And I just realized it's about, like, I got to come up with something else. So I started emailing the people who choose music for different movies and ads. And first I had to even figure out what that title was. And I realized it's called The Music Supervisor. And I looked up on IMDb who the supervisors were. And then at ad agencies, who they were. And I started sending them emails instead of saying, like, hey, do me a favor, person who has a job and a dog to get home to and needs to go find a sweater for that holiday party. You know, like, yeah. Hey, listen to my music. I wound up not doing that. And I was like, um, what could I have empathy about for them? What would they like? And I quickly made up this thing that said mochas in music. Like, step one, tell me your favorite Starbucks drink. Step two, what day and time should I bring it over? And step three, I'll drop off some music and no expectation of anything. I'll just bring you some coffee. Oh, and so smart. I sent it to yeah. like 60 wow. people. and. Wow. A bunch of people didn't reply, and some people said, like, no. And I was like, all right. And then, like, 26 or 7 people said, like, you know what? You can bring me coffee. And so I did. And um, I brought them coffee, and I got 26 placements. My songs were licensed that year. And then, That's oh, amazing. my <laughs> <laughs> It was wow. really cool. And then I started making... Like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year. Like I would go to the mailbox and I'd be like, "Tears!" With I'd be like, "I'm gonna oh. buy a house." Like that's oh my yeah. god, it's gonna make me cry. Yeah, like, I, oh I know that's god. incredible. That's I know it's, me cry. it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. And yeah. it was amazing, yeah. especially because, you know, I was just I was just a girl who like grew up like feeling ugly, um, feeling unimportant. Um, there was nothing really special. I didn't even have such an awful story that I was special for that. Oh, my God. You know God. what I mean? Oh, God. Like, I wasn't yeah. even... It, I was just like... You weren't Eminem. Oh. I wasn't, like, extraordinarily yeah. Yeah. bad. So I was literally just, like, a kid who felt pretty invisible. And if anyone saw Dear Evan Hansen, like, I just felt like... Yeah, that was oh, kind man. of, like, my life. Like, I was just, like, an average kid who, like, felt really anxious. Like, nobody mm. cared. And I wasn't uber talented. I was just, like kind of talented and I didn't have like this horrible story I was just like this like white Jewish girl whose parents got divorced and had to like move into an apartment and work two jobs in high school but that wasn't so interesting and nobody mm -hmm. died and nobody's leg got cut off but like no one was home mm -hmm. and I didn't talk to my dad for like seven years and my mom was like falling apart and mm -hmm. that's not a sexy story to tell your friends at lunch you know so and then I moved out to LA and um just felt like, oh, well, I'll maybe just go do something and nobody will know and I'll settle. And then I was able to make a living. And I was like, wow, I'm, that's really cool. Like, yeah, I'm making yeah, a living. I'm, and then I, I, we bought a house. And I was making money. And then Billboard magazine wrote, like, a full-page story on me. And Variety magazine wrote a full page. And I was like, yeah. I, I couldn't believe that this was newsworthy. And I, I figured out that in life, 
it actually doesn't take much to stand out. Hmm. Because what I realized is all of those people who I was reaching out to, um, I was one of the only people who reached out the way I reached out. You know, like the, the radical empathy sort of carried through. And I would have conversations with the supervisors like, I would I would follow up like so what happened with your kid or and I I just wanted to I I cared or I liked it or they were easy to like they were real music fans they didn't have the glory of like you know they didn't roll around and they're like fancy they just like music and they would I I liked them and they liked me and that's simple um and I was also busy trying to solve a problem for them and I was really appreciative and every time I'd get a song place I'd send like cupcakes or something to their office and I'd be like I really thank you so much Mm. and um anyway that wound up growing and I I thought you know how else can I serve like it's always sort of fun if money is like value exchange for value it's right there. Like, we all have this ability so much to give, give, give. And money is just a symptom. You know, either you're a horrible person, right? You could be a liar, <laughs> SOB. Yeah. Yeah, that does yeah. happen. Yeah. Or maybe it's a sign that, you know, you figured out how to do things that make people happy. You know, you figured out how to provide value for somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, what else do I feel like? I, how else can I serve? Because I really do think... Um, all my songs have that kind of message anyway. Um, I have a song called Let Your Color Shine about how we each are unique. And anyway, I wound up looking into, like, what else could I do? And I got all these emails from artists saying, can you sign me? Can you pitch me? Can you help me? And for a while, like, with your mugs, I was just like, I'm not, no, why would I do that? Like, Mm. all these, like, that's not what... And I actually thought that if I became a business person in the music business and I was doing business and not just my art, that I would be less cool or something and mm. people wouldn't like me anymore. And mm. I resisted it. And then I was like, why am I resisting it? Let me just do it. And I started helping artists. And I realized that I loved helping artists um, start to um, think bigger, not just about themselves. I realized that every record that they would send me, I'd be like, I can't use this. Like, you're sending me heartbreaking love songs like Mm. have you done the research to figure out like who are you writing for what project are you writing for um and I helped I could help them and I started helping other artists make money um and that was amazing and then um when I was pregnant with my third daughter uh somebody called me she went to Berkeley School of Music and she heard me on somebody else's podcast and she's like can you teach a class like can you teach wow. a class yeah. and um could you teach it online cuz i'm not in LA and i don't mm-hmm. hear you speak cuz i was doing a lot of speaking and i didn't know anything about online classes but i was like i guess i could figure out so i figured it out and i'm very naive which helps a lot and so <laughs> my baby was due in september and it was june i was like maybe i could figure out by july how to like launch an oh online my course gosh. Oh my gosh. so uh, i launched a course to teach songwriters how to break into music licensing which is what i do which is like such a specific specific thing yeah. um and the class uh, it made $1.4 million in a year and a half. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Oh, my God. It was wow. amazing. And what was m- even more amazing uh-huh. is that I built this huge, like, family. Community artists were like, you're the only person out here in this jungle who, like, cares. You're actually saying real things. And it's helping me. And then one at a time, artists were like, this one got a spot in a Starbucks ad. This one got on a TV show. This one got a trailer in a movie. And I was like... Oh my God! I'm help- people would like 
bother. You don't understand. I, I, it just, you helped me make three shifts. And like, I wrote a song. I love the song. And so does so-and-so. And now I'm able to like take this vacation or, and one after another, somebody got a T-Mobile spot, Kellogg's like, and somebody else was doing, you know, this big scoring job all of a sudden for a big movie. And it was so fun. Um, and one of the students in my class said, why don't you have a podcast? Like, <laughs> this is relevant to everybody else. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. And my daughter had now been born, and uh-huh. she was like two weeks old. And I'm like, all right, I'll just go in the closet, I guess. I'll oh. record a show. Oh, wow. And um, we started it two years ago, January 2017. Wow. And we just hit 4 million downloads of the show. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my. And oh. I don't really know what the F. <laughs> like I'm just I feel like I'm talking so much no this, no, this is why we have you on we want to hear but your story I just I do I do feel um, that everybody it's so much easier than we think yeah. um, but it is about the uh, stepping up and 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 being willing to make things even when they're not perfect like mm-hmm. every one of those things that I did the songs in the beginning when I was writing and sending stuff to Grey's Anatomy or One Tree Hill at the time. They were mediocre. It wasn't a Mm. yes. It was an almost. Mm -hmm. But then I would take the feedback and I'd be like, cool, answer key. Great. What do I need to know? As opposed to like, forget it. I'm horrible, which means you don't either you don't get it or I don't get it. You know, it was like, so I stayed in that and that was not easy. But I remember I'd go to the studio and come back and I was like, Look, if that was like my last day, I just had such a good day. You know, like yeah. it just was, mm. I enjoyed. I, I recently was watching Fred Astaire with my kids, and I was like, that's greatness. Mm. You know, like we've lost the understanding that there's a reverence for the work. Like, yeah. look at people who you love in comedy. Like, yeah. it shows in their act how yeah. hard they're working. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, we should we should see it not I mean I, I've heard Bill Burr say this so many times he's like one of my favorite favorites oh you're Aww. at his network right now oh yeah. Yeah. love you <laughs> <laughs> so much <laughs> I'd be like totally starstruck um, but I've heard him say like he's like this wasn't overnight he's like this is like a 27 year like slow incline yeah. you know and and people don't they don't when I see someone perform like that or like Justin Timberlake I, the first thing I think is like so talented and the second thing I think is this person had the courage to keep going mm. work so hard yes and really become great mm-hmm. um and and i think that we all need to get that and so there was that there were also things i tried along my journey that completely failed um i had tried to write a book at one point on music on the music business pitched it to a bunch of people N- nothing like mm. crickets mm. Um, at one point I was writing music for Disney and I got introduced to the Jim Henson company and they were like oh let's do a TV show and we worked on it we had this incredible uh, set of, of people involved um, and it completely didn't go any it was like it was a failure mm. and um, all along there were things I tried where I kind of knew in my gut that wasn't really what I wanted to do but mm. um I pushed. I was pushing it, mm. and um, and anyway, when it wouldn't work out, it was like, well, that's actually good. You know, it's mm. going to lead me to whatever I really am supposed to do. I think that the world is merciful. Mm, I yeah. think you get led to where you're supposed to be. Mm. Um, and I think we had Jenna Fisher on the show, and oh my god, oh my god. you're just <laughs> killing it. Hitting all, all the buttons. <laughs> the people that are ultimately like 
a big reason why I started stand-up is Julie Cameron and Jenna Fisher because Jenna Fisher recommended the artist way. Yeah, oh, we wow. talked about it when yeah. she was on. Yeah. And oh um, my God, this is just like this is <laughs> I love her so much. And she talked about how like you're basically you need to be building the engine while you're flying the plane. Yeah. And how before she had gotten cast in the office literally the year before she was with her friends who at the time was like like just a friend like Jason Siegel was like just like her <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. these were like her friends yeah. who? Yeah. Well, just like whatever and she yeah. said to everybody she's like we're not getting enough work and yeah. we need to work so let's write our own movie and they created a mockumentary yeah. that's literally the same style as The Office where it was oh, like a wow. group of people working in a nonprofit where you'd like see the camera purposely hidden behind the like blinds like yeah it was literally the idea of the office, but she had never seen the British office or anything. Oh, they just made that up. Yeah. Crazy. Sent it to a film festival, cut to she gets asked to like come in audition. And when she got the call, she was like, Okay, this is so weird. Yeah. If this is the role I'm auditioning for, like I've been playing this role for a year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, and I didn't know that. All it's amazing. The casting director was like, Okay, so here's the note. Don't wow me. Like come in. And, like, really, like, just be normal. So she's yes. like, okay. She's like, if this is what the part is, I'm going to crush it. If it's not what the part is, I'm going to look like an idiot. Because she wore pants that she had worn when she was a hostess at, like, Long John Silver's. <laughs> she didn't do her hair. Oh she didn't God. put on a stitch of makeup. And she was like, I can't believe I'm walking into the house like this. But if this is what it is, yeah. Yeah. this is Pam what Beasley. it is. Yep. So she walked in. And all they said was, okay, we're going to put you on camera and we're going to ask you a question as if you're the character. Oh, my God. And we just want you to answer. So they go, um, you know, do you like working in this office? And she said she just looked at the camera and just took a really long pause and just went, no. (laughs) (laughs) And that was all she did. Oh, my God. Because she realized that that character would be so much more about what the character doesn't say than what it does say. Yeah. Yeah. And she leaned into, like, I'm really going to trust that, like, if this is what it is, this character doesn't try. Right. At Mm. all. Right. And she got the call that, like, and she said the first table read with Greg Daniels, like, brought everybody in. And she was like, there's no, they used to actually meet up in the conference room on Thursday nights to hear what the Nielsen ratings were because they were sure they were going to get canceled, like three yeah. three shows in. Like, they were sure. Yeah. And somehow, like, it just kept going, and she couldn't believe it. And then now, like, she can't go get milk, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but she said that her husband, Lee, graduated from, like, a great, like, theater school. He was one of the best in his class, came out here, boom, 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 boom. Like, nothing, nothing was happening. And she said... She's so um, she's so proud of what he wound up doing, and she tries to help other artists understand. He wound up getting it. He was like, it's, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. There is no feed, There's no validation that this is really going to happen. So one day his friends were working on something, and they needed a writer, and he offered to write it. And there was a huge response for his writing. And mm. instead of still gripping on so tight to the acting, he was like, what if I leaned into that? Mm. I never leaned into it because it was just like so easy. Like, of course I can write, but I really want to act. But again, yeah. where's the flow? Where is the, you know? And now he's like a great indie filmmaker. And yeah. she's like, mm. I've seen so many people out in L.A. It's been 15 years. Like, if it isn't happening, you could kick that door as hard as you want. Right. And instead of telling people, like, be persistent. Be persistent in, like, where you keep 
like, where are you being called? Really persist in listening to that whisper. Yeah. But mm-hmm. let the how, like you've done, that yeah. takes so much courage. I think we're so wanting to be like, here's who I am. I can go to a dinner party and, like, rattle it off to you. Like, this is me. This is what I am. Like, that's such BS, first of all. No one even knows, like, what's mm-hmm. next or where they're going or right. if they're really alive. But to have the courage to pivot, oh, I just feel like so many, so much of what I've done is like just keep doing that, which yeah. Yeah. some people wouldn't do that because they feel like, oh, I'm going to look like I'm all over the place. Yeah. And, but right. how many God. things people try and they don't work and yeah. just keep so yeah the way you talk about like how you just repurposed your dream is yeah. so incredible <laughs> exactly. to me of like that you didn't go well you know i got several record deals and they didn't pan out so i guess i'm just not going to be a musician you're like well i'm just going to be a different kind of musician i'm just going to have this job in a different way that is yeah. so incredible and so applicable to anyone in any field not just like it's no wonder that your podcast is doing as well as it did and that your class blew up like that it's just it's so it's so incredible here and the the being comfortable with mediocrity thing is like mm-hmm. i feel like we don't hear that enough. that hit me so hard i was in chicago doing shows this weekend or schomburg i should say uh and i was telling my boyfriend like i got back from doing a couple of shows that night and i was just like i'm just tired of not being as good as i want to be yet and i know i'm going to get there but it just takes so long yeah. and the way you're talking about it about just like really being almost like joyful about the process of getting through the mediocre period is so inspiring and cool and like have you done a TED Talk? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you really, really should. You've got to listen to the whisper, Kathy. Oh, yes. oh my <laughs> God. Or the shout. But I know. I like about your specific <laughs> examples, people were looking at you being like, you should you should do a podcast. Have you done a podcast? You should take yeah. a class. You should teach a class. All these things, it's like the universe or other people, they see something in you that maybe you don't see in yourself quite yeah. yet. And right. Be- okay. So the dick mug thing started off as a joke. I was invited to a holiday party with a bunch of comedians or like everybody bring like a handmade gift. We'll do a, a gift exchange. So I just drew a bunch of colorful penises on a coffee mug. And I thought it'd be just like a funny dick joke. Then I'd leave the party. Uh, it was a huge hit. It got stolen. You know, the, the most amount of times so we were like, who made this? Uh-huh. Like, it's just a what? Yeah. <laughs> and before I left the party, my friend, JC Karias, shout out. He's a very funny comic. He's like, Delaney, if I give you some money, can you make me a set of these for my, for my apartment? And I'm like, I, sure i guess if you really want them yeah but it was somebody else was like hey you should maybe do this for me and then a couple months later word spread that i was doing it and then i think it was uh my friend adrian at the time was like you should think about like putting these on etsy and just see what happens but it was it's listening to kind of what other people see in you because Mm. there's so many friends i have that i can see very clearly what they should be doing and they don't see it for themselves just because there's so much resistance so So many blocks and so much so it's about listening to kind of what other people say that you're good at and if you get told the same thing by multiple people maybe you should look into it yeah Yeah. i 100% agree with you and yeah i think that people don't go toward it because we we overthink things so much and i think one of the biggest hurdles is this idea of like well how would i how would that work or how to make a living from it or okay i don't know how to print a mug Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you can so figure good. that out. Yeah. Like, try it out. Yeah. I think um, my friend Emily McDowell. Do you guys know Emily? She. Oh, we just posted amazing. a quote from her. On her yeah, <laughs> she's amazing. She makes incredible yeah. mugs and cups and magnets, and she said she just has a lot to say, and she's a great illustrator. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, And she left a job being like at the head of her game, like as a creative director in advertising, and her friend died of cancer, and her friend's like, Mm. you're not happy, Mm. and I'm not getting out of this. But you oh, can. Wow. So oh, wow. you should go do something. And she said to herself, you know, all I like to do is like doodle. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know if that's like a job. But I think because you're dying, I'm going to go see about the doodling. Yeah. So she took some time wow. off work and um, she made a card that was for Val. You'll appreciate this because you guys are funny. But she made a card for Valentine's Day that was like when you're dating someone, but you're not really dating, but you're kind of talking, but you're not talking, but you don't want to call it anything. Yeah. But like it is a thing, but it's not a thing. So it was like, hey, it's Valentine's Day, and I know we're not anything. And like, there, look, there's not even a heart on the card, but I just wanted to like, acknowledge you, but I don't want you to feel weird about it. Okay, forget it. Just forget it. Like, that's, that's, oh, I that's love what it. it says. Brilliant. He made the card. She showed it to a friend. Yeah. And her friend was like. It's the single greatest card I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And so-and-so, you know, she sells cards, and she's going to that trade show, and she has a booth, and, like, you should just sit in her booth and, like, put the card out. And she's like, you're insane. Like, yeah. put the card out. Like, I don't know <laughs> trade shows. Like, I don't have, I don't, it doesn't even have, like a, like, a plastic wrapper. Like, it's a card. She's like, just, just go to the thing. And then she goes to the thing, and, like, her friend has, like, all the things, and she has, like, a card. Mm-hmm. And Urban Outfitters was walking the floor, and they were like, did you make this? And she's like... My friend stopped and no, this one Valentine's Day card. Yeah, I made that. Can we have um, thirty thousand dollars worth of card? And <laughs> oh she was like, my gosh! Right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> and then was like, How do I make a card? What do wow. I do? So she like figures out how to print them, and then she tells the printer, Yeah, yeah, just drop them off at my apartment. Cut to like the scene. She literally couldn't walk in her apartment. That's how big the boxes are. Like, she didn't know oh what she was doing. She's like, oh, Amazing. I think I need to rent a where. Anyway, cut to she, <laughs> you know, she has a, a multi-million dollar business and she's made thousands of things and she says incredible things. Like, she had a post recently and it was a doodle of a Xanax and it says, now comes in pumpkin spice. Like, she's, <laughs> she, everything she says, so you would creative. just love her. She's so yeah. creative and she's so good at, like, talking about, like, things people really feel and being vulnerable. Um, and she made something called Empathy Cards, which did really well. But why I brought her up is because she said the how is always going to be, like, this this big ball of, like, cloud like you just can't see through it she's like all you need to know is where you feel inclined to go like what's Mm. what's feeling right yeah and a place to put your right foot Mm, and then the how unfolds leap in the net will appear yeah we talked about it at the beginning but i think that that's why people stop it's like i don't know how yeah you don't know anything no one knows that like i walked home from the hospital 
out of the hospital with my daughter the first I'm like, why are you giving her to me? I don't know oh, what I'm doing. Oh, like, I have yeah. no clue how to change a diaper. I've never yeah. babysat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> you know, and you, you, you figure it out. You right. figure it out. And it's like everything is like that. And, and there's so much momentum that comes. Uh, the clarity comes from the doing of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've always been, um, I was always a C student. And I never had an expectation to get it right. And I think that really helped me. You know, my sister, she was like in honors classes and her Barbies would sit in the box you know, and my Barbies, like, I cut the heads off the Barbies. <laughs> like, I wouldn't know. Even to this day, like, I'll buy jewelry, and I'll be like, I don't know where that thing That was a great watch. I have no <laughs> idea where I left it. But I kind of, like, I, I see that, like, I'm willing to, to have that collateral damage for the, the, the bigger thing which it gives me, which is it's okay to kind of, like, go into things not having the answers. Okay, you're not going to be brilliant. I look back at our first season. We just finished season two. We just finished, I guess, 120 episodes. Like, the first season, I can't... I, it's hard to listen to. You know, like, I didn't really? know what my perspective was yet, but I... Okay. Yeah, Great. Yeah. Like, have yeah. the courage to, like, show up. Yeah, yeah. just if I could yeah. get everybody who's listening, like, just go start showing up. So... Put something on Etsy. Okay, yeah. so you don't have 17 pieces and you only have one. Put up a picture of that one thing because yeah. it will lead you to something else. Yeah. Uh, it's not that complicated. Yeah. But it's amazing how this I have to do it right and I have to know how is so big that it paralyzes us and keeps us from doing the thing that I think will make us happy and yeah. doing the thing that I think the world needs from us. You know, yeah. I think we can, I am on this like sort of mission because while everybody else is, um, you know, planning rallies and creating all of this like resistance movement. And I personally have always felt before this administration, always that like the way you can light up your corner of the world is like, Make yourself the happiest version of you. Mm. And, like, if we, if everybody on the block, like, this one started making her pie, and this one's making T-shirts, and this one's doing yoga, and this one's coaching, and this one's playing piano, we'd be good. Like, yeah. tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Like, you'd yeah. use all that energy where you're, like, it's not out there. They're not going to do it for you anyway. Like, mm. yeah. that's yeah. not the thing. Like, direct it here. And maybe it's as simple as, like, you're you're just going to sleep every night thinking, like, I did me today. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? oh, yeah. I've noticed a huge change in how I am in the world now because I was I did not like my day job. It was fine. I didn't hate it, but I was not passionate about it. Going through the motion, motions. But even now, just like being able to work from home on my schedule, doing stuff I want to do. That's amazing. Just going to the grocery store, I am... I feel nicer to the cashier. Not that I was rude, but I wasn't present. I was just like trying to get through it because I needed to get home and whatever. Right. And now I'm just like, oh, I'm I'm here. Like I see you. How's it going? And yeah. I, I just have a better exchange. So I totally agree with like if you just take care of yourself and make yourself happy, that's the best thing you can do for other people. Because then there's not going to be a bunch of miserable people walking around yeah. being shitty to each other and causing car accidents and doing all these things. Right. So, and I think yeah. that that's going back to when you first told your story you don't have to be like in the peace corps or helping right. create clean water in africa <laughs> to dicks. change the world yeah. I'm, yeah. and i'm really and truly like yeah. because you being happy it gives other people permission around you to go delaney's happy yeah. yeah maybe i should go do what makes me happy right and like that is 
great service to the world, you know? Yeah. Genuinely Uh, makes the world better. And how interesting it was when I started, not these people, but when I started telling people like, oh, no, my plan is to like leave my day job so I can do this full time. The sometimes the horror, the horror on their faces, but what about health insurance? But what about your benefits? But what about your pension? What about, and I'm like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. But I know that this is not the life I want and I'm going to fix it. I'm going to change it. And cut to six months later, I discovered that my, where my uh, boyfriend works, we worked at the same company. uh, I can be his domestic partner and now I'm on his health insurance and everything's fine. And I've just figured out all those weird hurdles. You got resourceful about it. Yeah. The thing that's interesting about it is Everyone says that. Yeah. What about health insurance? Yeah. Okay, so A, I get it. Yeah, But what's totally get interesting it. is we had a doctor on our show, and she said 75% of all health issues, <laughs> 75% of the cause is stress. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. let's go back for a second. Yeah. 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 So how about if you were not miserable all day long and actually had the space and the room to think about and feel into like where you feel called what you're called to make to say to do today and where that might lead you right and maybe that would help you live longer and wind up making more money so that you could pay for that health insurance. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would have figured it out. I'm I would like, have paid well, a lot of away money. By the, but the health right. insurance. But you're so unhappy. We just have this guy. He's he's a listener of the podcast. His story. Please. Uh, there's probably really smart, funny people who listen. But like, if you're gonna go write this movie, you have to give me credit because this is a movie. <laughs> he called me. Well, he he. I just had a, a podcast with him over um, Skype, but. He wrote in many times. He's like, since the beginning when we, we launched the show, this is like totally a movie. John C. Riley would play this part. He was working in a factory that's, that made plastic bags for dog food. His job was to stand and watch the machine and make sure the bags came out on the other end. Like, oh can you, can you, do you want to like wrap this cord around yeah. your neck? Like, yeah. that's, yeah. that makes a human being feel like, oh what gosh. is my worth? I no. stare at a machine that makes a plastic bag oh. for dog food. Oh my God. And that was Unbearable. his job. Unbearable. Every day, he started listening to the podcast. And one day, he was like, he had time, a day off because he actually used to work night shifts even worse, like standing mm. all day, all night long. But like, sometimes in the days, he'd be off. He was looking on Facebook, and somebody posted a picture of a cheesecake, and he goes, I just need something to do right now. And so he decided, I'll make a cheesecake. And he wasn't good at baking, and he failed home ec in seventh grade. He wasn't a cook or anything. (laughs) He was like, I just have something to do. I'll make cheesecake right now. I'm just so devoid of anything, right? So he makes a cheesecake. He forgets, like, there's, like, a need for, like, a cheesecloth, whatever. It gets burnt. (laughs) He does it again. And this time it tastes pretty good. And his and his wife was like, make a chocolate chip one next time. So like a week later, again, his job is just like so soul crushing. He's like, I'm going to make the cheesecake again. So yeah. he makes two this time. And he puts it on Facebook. He's like, does anyone want to buy this other cheesecake? I'll sell it to you for like $8. <laughs> and nobody wanted it. And he was like, oh, all right. Yeah, nobody wanted it. <laughs> so he says to his wife, I'm going to bring it to the fire station because, I don't know, I just have it. So he brought it over there. And... A few days later, one of the chiefs calls him and says, did you, did you drop off that cheesecake? He's like, yeah. He's like, 
so-and-so's having a birthday. Could you make like a dozen of them? And he's like, wow, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess. And okay. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll pay you for it. They're really good. He's like, okay. So he makes it. And then, you know, it just kind of goes from there. But yeah. uh, he wound up like a few weeks later, he was like, he'd take a freezer bag and go into the city and like walk into like a bank and a nail salon and like, the doctors obviously like, they want my cheesecake, and people were like, "You're very weird." Like, <laughs> and then some other people were like, "Oh, cheesecake!" So he he did that, and that started to do its thing. And cut to um, a year later, he gets fired from his job, and it's National Cheesecake Day. Oh my I God! Are you serious? So he writes me a letter. He's like, "I got fired." National Cheesecake Day. He goes, I came home and said to my wife, what are we going to do? I need health insurance. Da, yeah. da, da. And she's like, I think you're going to go make cheesecake full time. That's amazing. And so um, wow. last Saturday, he opened up his brick and mortar cheesecake shop. <gasps> oh, my god! It's called Cheesecake Ninja. He lives in Missouri. Wow. Oh, my He said god. to his wife, they have no, no money to do it. He said to his wife, if we can just make the rent for the first month, I'll do it another month. And, like, we'll do it like that. Wow. In the first day that they were open, they've only been open a week. Day uh, one, he made triple his rent. Oh, my, my God. God. That's amazing. And I'm listening wow. to him talk, and he goes, he goes, here's the thing. He goes, I'm not a people person, <laughs> um, but I'm happy seeing these people happy. I really like it. It's, yeah. it's really fun. Wow. And yeah. he goes, and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not a good cook. <laughs> I think that people like the cheesecake. I'm getting better at it. Um, and he goes, and the local CBS affiliate wrote a story about it, and people seem to be coming. So I don't know what's happening. He goes, but you've changed my life. And I started oh, to cry because, wow. again, yeah. it's not epic. It's not like he was this person. He lost his legs in the war. And he can't. Yeah. He's just a human who deserves to go to sleep and be happy. That yeah. is enough. That's even to me, that's more epic. Because yeah. that's every man, every woman, that's every child's story. We don't you don't have to have climb Mount Kilimanjaro to be worthy of having a good day. Yeah. And you don't have to have an extraordinary mission. You don't have to have a need to be in the Peace Corps. You could be a guy who goes, I don't know. I, I don't really want to stand in front of this machine anymore. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really that. just kind of want to, like, feel like I'm alive. Like, yeah. I love that story. That's oh, and right. I I'll never keep forget it. I keep hearing those stories, and it's what made me want to do the show. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean. That's incredible. Yeah. And yeah. it's so simple, really. It's so But simple. I went back and said to him, okay, let's pick, let's pick the story apart. So when you put it on Facebook... And no one wanted to buy it. Yeah. All right, I'll bring it to the fire station. Yeah. Good. Because, like, there might be, mm. you put it out, and the first couple times it's, like, crickets. But then, right? Yeah. And then he had the courage to, like, keep doing things, like walking into a bank. Because oh that was the only thing yeah. he could think of to do next. But then he did it. <sighs> yeah. And it's really uncomfortable to be like, hi. And I'm looking at you. I'm not holding you up. Uh, I just have a cheese. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, that's yeah. uncomfortable. And he just kept doing the next possible thing he could think to do. Yeah. Um, wow. And he didn't stop at the beginning and go like, oh, I'm going to compare what I just made right. on day two to an emerald cheesecake. Yeah. Because right. that's like a big thing in the artist way is people block so quickly by comparing right. their beginning Got work. Those crazy makers. To, yes. Oh yeah. Crazy makers. Crazy makers. Get me started. Um, <laughs> 
but like comparing that beginning work to a master's work, it's like you have to remember that that master's work was once a beginner's work. And that's where you should be looking exactly. at. It's like, okay, like I am part of a group of people that eventually can become that. But yeah. like, you know, if you compare it to the master right away, it's going to keep people. That's right. And I yeah. think um, also, you know, he wasn't overthinking. He wasn't yeah. overthinking at all. It's just kind of doing the next thing. Yeah. Um, and people in town are doing what we talked about with, with, with what I think is inspiring about what you're doing. Is like people are going, look at that guy. He opened a cheesecake shop. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. <laughs> like right. That's all there is to it. So I love doing this podcast because week after week I sit down with these people and it's just the same ingredients. It's like um, sort of that ability to get quiet and lean into that thing that makes you feel enthusiastic. We talked about that, how important that is. And then walking toward it without knowing how and being courageous to do mediocre things on your way there. Yeah. It's really not complicated. Um, But I do think lately as I've been finishing my book and just continuing to grow as a person, hopefully is what I'm wanting to do every day. I realize like, it's not, it's not a business plan. It's not a hashtag. What's going to make you successful is, Really being yourself. Mm. And that's the thing is it's it's like that's hard to do because mm. it means peeling away the layers of who you were taught to be, who mm. you learned to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. could you just not try so hard? <laughs> right. <laughs> could you just actually do the things that really feel good and do as much with that as you can? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And put it out and then keep following it and then have the ability to know that ultimately you want to do something that serves with that. Mm-hmm. So you, you should care what flavor cheesecake everybody likes. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's sort of a mixture of really being you with the, I think, hope that ultimately you have something to do that's going to just make people feel better. Yeah. And yeah. you can do that with all of these things, right? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. That's incredible. I, I could talk to you for hours and yeah. hours. Like That's I so sweet. I just like <laughs> I'm having so many of like my own epiphanies just talking to you and like yeah. the whole idea of listening and how with your business it was like there and right you were telling you this and you were just kind of just like pushing away, pushing away. Yeah. I before I became a comedian thought I was going to be a high school math teacher. Oh my gosh, that's like, a very different, very <laughs> different. So when you were talking about like the about turn and the 180, like mm-hmm. I was, and I loved math, but I also was choosing that career from like a very like insecure and just wanting a very safe job. Mm-hmm. Like that's the place I was at. I was like, I just want to be a high school math teacher at the high school I went yeah. to and have like no <laughs> risk in my life. Right. Just this little bubble. And I got like two years into college. I was in like calculus three and I just was hating it. And I realized like this is not bringing me joy. And there was just something kind of happened to me. And I switched to a communications major, but I didn't really know why. Like I was like, I like the idea of TV and doing something that's more personable, but I don't really know what yet. And then I took a public speaking class because you had to. And it was in the summer. It was like me and like... 18 foreign exchange students <laughs> and you had to do all these public speaking assignments and I kept turning mine into like comedy skits mm-hmm. that like didn't need to be like you had to give a eulogy 
and I ended up giving my eulogy of myself as delivered by like a crazy aunt and I would show up to class like in costume <laughs> I was not this person and like the professor pulled me aside after class one day and was like like so you're this is more than he's like you remind me of like Kristen Wiig or something like you're clearly enjoying this so much yeah. why aren't you doing something with yeah. this you should keep going I like you know yeah. this is and really he was so kind so like kind notice it Gosh, and then like mirror that back yeah mm. kind of give you that permission to like yeah. take, take a look at that because i felt so alive doing these assignments for literally like again 18 people who probably didn't yeah. even understand what i was saying <laughs> but i just was enjoying it so much and then that led to me listening to jenna fisher on some sort of i think it was a radio interview and I was just a diehard Office fan, and she yeah. talked about how the book The Artist's Way had changed mm-hmm. her life, and I picked up The Artist's Way, and one of the first exercises is she has you write your five imaginary lives. Mm-hmm. And my first one was, I'd want to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And then the next exercise is, like, what's one step you could take to fulfilling that dream? Mm-hmm. And I went and did an open mic, and it's been yeah. 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 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 It is crazy how it's, like, yeah. it's all, you're right, it's always the same ingredients and all those stories like just people telling you like i started in high school because my dad wanted to take a comedy class and (laughs) like was going to college and like wanted to i think i want i wanted to be a teacher also and i was like i'm gonna get my degree and very slowly it was like first my parents were like just take a year off and see what happens i'm like you're supposed to be my parents like you're supposed to want me to be successful and then just slowly like you know agents saying you should go out for this or you should do that and me being afraid to email the agents about it because i'm like "Ah, i'm not good enough and uh, other people in comedy just going like you know you're good and if you don't do it for a living it's your own fault so yeah you like you just need other people on your journey and you have to pay attention to it rather than dismissing yeah and i think you just hit on one of the big pieces is i think people have said it on my show in so many different ways but we had this woman on jessica huey and she said it just really succinctly and i got it when she said it she said the greatest obstacle between where you are and where you want to be is your belief in how possible it is Mm -hmm. and i think that what energizes us, what gets us in motion, what helps us even like start your brain will start giving you ideas of what to do when you see ahead of what mm. you believe is possible, even if you wind up falling short of that, or even if it winds up taking you this way, just seeing something like a oh, maybe I want to, maybe I do want to be Kristen Wig and like yeah. walking toward that. Yeah. Um, if you believe that that is something that's doable, that's possible, it sort of gets you in motion. And so your ability to believe that it's possible is really huge. And that has a lot to do with when Julia Cameron talks about the crazy makers and the morning pages is because like she just wants you to kind of brain dump everything yes. that's in there in the morning mm-hmm. so that you're aware of what you're thinking because what winds up happening is you don't realize it, but four months go by and you're like, I didn't do anything. Mm. Why not? I don't know. Well, if we could start to literally like free write everything that's playing in there, if what you're constantly hearing is like, Kath, who are you to do this? You're Mm. ridiculous. It's never going to happen. It's never going to, that doesn't happen for people like you. You don't have the talent. You don't, It, it, it completely zaps you. So what I tell people when they're like, what's your, you know, advice for being productive or what step is best strategically? I'm like, um, work on your mind. Like what, what makes you feel energized? Because we know from research that productivity is not about having more sleep or eating right. Even though those are, I mean, great, important things you've had, we've all had the experience of waking up 
a morning where like you didn't get any sleep but you couldn't sleep because you were so excited and mm-hmm. you just yeah. crush it that day because there's something that really is like just making your soul feel so alive. You know, mm-hmm. how many people sleep the night before their wedding or how many people sleep the f- night before the yeah. first day of school and you so can't wait to wear mm-hmm. that outfit and show <laughs> Janine that you got the same high tops and you just and you have the best day and you come home and then you pass out but you you, you have energy. Yeah, so yeah. energy it comes from a state of mind. Mm. Um, which is why there are times when you talk to someone on the phone and you like need a nap afterwards. You're like mm-hmm. I'm completely drained. I'm toast, yeah. you know? So yeah. those are people not to be talking to maybe as often or maybe you talk to them when you know you can sort of have extra bandwidth but I think just like we do with our iPhone where you like proactively know like when it's going to go to like 8% and you're like it's on 8 like I'm literally (laughs) feeling fatigued like I like feel like I can't move Um, we have to proactively do that with ourselves and I think that's the piece that people just literally push aside and like no 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 again just tell me what are the rules of the business like well this is really the biggest thing like what we're all talking about is so much to do with like what is feeding you what are you being fed by so the artist way she's trying to help you get under out from underneath all that stuff that's yeah. constantly keeping you small keeping you stuck we could be sitting in the same room as we are right now and we could all be living in a different reality based on how we all see the world right now yeah. i mean how often are people choosing to look at like horrible videos on instagram or whatever and they, they walk around like the world is horrible i'm like i think the world is amazing i yeah. talked to this guy who makes yeah. cheesecake every day like, <laughs> you know what it's like it's like right. what you choose to think of and look at and focus on we have such control over that and i think that when you can crack that when you can really um understand that we can grab the wheel And we can intentionally, proactively figure out, like, once and for all, I'm going to get some awareness around this. Like, when Danielle was on, Danielle Laporte, I love what she said. She goes, I'm so sick of people being like, I'm great. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. How about, dear life, I'm petrified. (laughs) Dear life, I'm not fine. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the beginning of, like, liberation. Like, notice it just please notice it like notice that your father's still talking to you in your bedroom when you were seven and that's playing all day long yeah yeah please just noticing it does so much it's sort of my my mindfulness teacher used to say it's sort of like walking into a room and if the lights are out you're gonna bump right into the furniture but if you've been in that room 50 times just the awareness of where the furniture is you're not gonna hit it Mm -hmm. just knowing the stuff is there is 70 percent of the whole game right and then you can proactively though suggest other things by listening to someone like delaney talk about her story or listening to a great podcast or reading a book or doing julia cameron's thing yeah but you have to be ahead of it like Mm -hmm. the brain is designed to worry Mm-hmm. That's how we've gotten. That's how we yeah. survive. He's been talking about that the last right? couple episodes. Yeah, so, yeah. so weird. So we yeah. have to we have to proactively get ahead of it. And I do think that it's not as hard as we make it. Yeah. Um, I think that we have walls up like around our heart. Like I think if you just take a breath, sometimes you'll realize you do want to want things and you do want to believe in the fairy tale, but you keep telling yourself that it's not going to happen because I think you don't want to get hurt. I think we mm-hmm. go back to that, like I'm protecting myself from ultimately like, so what? You're going to get hurt anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no way to hack this thing called life. Like you're going to get hurt. It's going to be messy. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be great because it's called being alive. And yeah. And I think that that's part of it. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to feel pain. And like, 
feel pain. It's yeah. good. It's right. okay. Because if you shut out pain, you shut out joy too. Yes, it's not, that's what it is. Exactly. It's everything. Exactly. You either have to be connected with it, and you might, you know, you'll get both, or you're just not getting anything, and then yeah. you don't even feel like you're living. So what what I notice so much now that's just painfully clear is just being around people and how so many of us have have been conditioned to think that work has to be hard nobody enjoys work and you live for the nights and weekends and you live for that two-week vacation every year and i just want to be like no fucking it doesn't have to be that way it It does not have to be that way and that people have accepted that as truth that is that is my biggest issue right now is being around other people who are not seeing this thank god i've had these two as as an example of hey you can do the thing that you love and make money out of it it wasn't the exact thing i loved and that was tough because i'm like god they love it so much but i there must be something wrong with me why am i not liking this more Mm -hmm. Uh, so i reached out to people like you to be like i know that i want to do this thing but i don't have an example right in front of my face to to basically you know see how it's done and so that's what really helped me but just having conversations with like well yeah I mean, I'm not going to, people are going to say, you know, I don't like my work, but I'm never going to like my work. So what am I, why, why even try? That's like whatever, weird. you know, I have a husband, so it's fine. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Idea of, like I'm just happy when I'm home, but I don't have to like my oh, work. It's like, good luck. Why? Yeah, no. Why? Like why live 50% of your life? That's yeah. So weird. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Like, five sevenths of your life. You're going to not like. Yeah. No, yeah. thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. But I just, I, yeah, I want, I want yeah. the best for my friends and family. And so many of them are stuck in that headspace and all i can do is just kind of do my thing and if they're curious they can ask questions about how did you get there or like what did you what was your first step and i am more than happy to sit down with them and talk about it but you can't really push that on other people until they're really ready um but what i love is like yeah you if you take care of yourself you might inspire other people and one of my friends uh nikki just um started making like these really cute like mini mouse ears in different colors and patterns and they're so cute cute. and she was like yeah one of the reasons i started is because you inspired me and i listened to the podcast i'm like oh my god that is such a nice compliment. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, Nikki, post in the Facebook group uh, your your Minnie Mouse ears for people to, to yeah. check you out. Um, but yeah, I love that. It's like a snowball effect of mm-hmm. hopefulness. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you so much. Oh my so God, Kathy. Thank you much. guys you for doing what incredible. you're doing. This is like yeah. the easiest podcast episode I, we've ever done. We were just like, okay, yeah. keep talking. <laughs> you answered all my questions without even asking any I know. questions. Before we started, you were like, oh, who have your favorite guests been? And I'm like, oh, you are my favorite guest now. Like, yeah. Oh my God, you served so Pooh Doctor, man. <laughs> you did it. Yeah, this was... I don't say that all the time. but um, really. I'm really impressed with what you're doing because there's no pretense to it. There's no, um, it's not this big, epic, biblical, it's like literally, I I feel like we're very in sync and I, I, it's, it's very rare that I like see this happening where people are having Mm. an honest conversation for normal people who binge watch Netflix and Mm. they don't necessarily like know how they're going to like be so sensational. They just want to be happier. Yeah. You know, yeah. want to be a little bit like 20% happier, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and find more of what is their work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's beautiful. And, and as we're all going into the new year, I feel like um, we can take away a lot from this conversation. I learned a lot from like listening to each of you share, like, it's so brave that you're getting up again and again, even when you're not feeling 
like it's there. Mm -hmm. That is so courageous. And I love that whole story about how you just... Thanks. You dressed up like the crazy aunt giving the (laughs) eulogy. And I guess that is what I'd want to do. And I feel like for all of you, this is like the beginning. Like really, Mm -hmm. like I feel like so much is going to keep coming... You're probably going to discover you like making three other things like quickly. Um, But yeah, I think that maybe we can just go back to for the new year, like thinking about like, can you just allow more to go toward lean in more towards what you're enthusiastic about and trust that maybe that will lead you to something far greater than what people told you is the way it is. You know, it's not like. You're going to work really hard, and if you're lucky, you'll make $100,000 working really hard, and you'll be miserable, and then you'll watch repeats of Law & Order SVU, and you'll die. I think think it's actually magical. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And I think that yeah, you're doing a lot for the world. I really can say that. Thank you. You Um, too. Gosh. Oh, my goodness. Perfect example of meant to be. Kelsey and I were in Phoenix, Arizona for the All Things Comedy Festival doing a live show taylor couldn't be there mm-hmm. and we were talking about doing what you love for a living and i mentioned your podcast and how much i loved it and then of course somebody that knows you was in that audience maggie right yeah came up and said i work you know i work with Cla- uh, kathy closely you should reach out and have her on and i was like oh my god i'm too scared to message kathy and ask <laughs> her to be on the show she would never she's too busy she has this huge show there's i like i'm you know and yeah, she was right. like I'll let her know that you're going to reach out. So why don't you just reach out to her on Instagram? I'm like, okay, I will. And then I did. And you're like, yeah, she told me all about it. Love to. I'm like, oh, my God. Kathy Heller is going to be on the show. You're so So sweet. It's just like that. We could have easily not mentioned that in that moment. But that's where the conversation led. I said, everybody needs to listen to this podcast. Yeah, and now I'm going to have you guys on my show. And holy shit. Wow. That's so exciting. I cannot listen to you talk for another hour. I know. (laughs) I really. everybody, can we just call you later? I'm supposed to give you money. I know. Like. These were services that you provided that I feel like should have been for free. This is yeah. you, know, you can just oh Venmo God. us. Yeah. Um, just Venmo. You're so funny. Um, where I, can people find you? First of all, where so can our people listeners. find me? Yeah. Um, so the podcast is called "Don't Keep Your Day Job," and you can find it wherever you listen to a podcast, or Apple, or Stitcher, or whatever. And then um, we have a Facebook group for people who listen to the show, and it's it's one of the Facebook groups where you you do we do want you to post about what you're doing. It's not like it's yes. Friday promote. No, like post yeah. constantly. Tell us all the things. Drop your links. We want to be there to cheer you on. It's a beautiful group of supportive makers and creative humans. Um, so you can find us on Don't Keep Your Day Jobs Facebook group. And um, I'm doing a live event March 14th and 15th. Oh, nice. Um, which is going to be super cool. You guys should come speak at my event. Oh, yeah. my God. You guys should do it. I might die. What, what's the event? It's going to be go. so cool. Um, I've asked a bunch of the amazing people who have been on the show to come. And most of them are just like, yeah, and I'm coming. Oh, it's going to be at the Harmony Gold Theater on Sunset. And it's like two days of immersing yourself in this conversation and helping oh, people really get unstuck wow. and leave there with like more belief in what's possible and, and more of a feeling of what to lean into. We're actually during the two days, there's going to be a sound bath. There's going to be some breath work. Oh, a couple man. friends who are like all stars in that world. Um, and they've agreed to come fly out and, and lead us in some some stuff that's going to help you actually hear yourself and um wow that's amazing so how do people find information on that oh you go to dreamtopiaworkshop.com you can get a ticket 
Um, and they're not expensive tickets. It's like a two-day fun workshop, and they'll be incredible speakers there. A lot of people who have books, podcasts, and cool people. I would yeah. love to go. Yeah, whether we speak or not. Yeah, I would yeah, love yeah to we go. just want to go. Yeah. You guys should. We'll figure it out. We'll talk and, and decide wow. what you guys can do. It'll be oh really my gosh. cool. Oh, my dreams just came true. I think I can retire. <laughs> no, you're not. You have so much more to do. <laughs> Jelly's been working in entertainment for 10 years, and this is the first time I've ever seen her freak out about anybody. Yeah. She's just like, yeah, John Krasinski's here today, but whatever. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've gotten to meet a lot of celebrities, but I was like, yeah, freaked out when I met you because so you sweet. just mean so much to me. So thank you for I, being you here. You honestly have made me feel so <laughs> seen. Oh. I think that that is what everybody wants. You yeah, know, everybody wants to feel seen like they matter and yeah. um you guys totally made me feel that way. It's like the greatest gift in the world. Uh you know, I have three little kids, so a lot of times I'm just picking up Cheerios, and, <laughs> you know, like doing carpool and I forget that there's anything about me that's necessarily special or mm-hmm. great. Um yeah. And you complimented my hair too. It's <laughs> great hair. But that's why we have the. That's why we have the camera. Hairs and butts. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Butts. That was the pre-con. Uh, I really, really appreciate it so much. That you have no idea, um, really. And yeah, I'm. I think this is the beginning. We can. We can take this. We can be friends now. We can yes. take the next oh, level. Yes. Please. Absolutely. My life will be like empty now. Yeah. I, like. Oh my <laughs> god. You're not so in funny. it. And now that I know you, I'm like oh, I can't not have you. I'm but like, it is. Isn't it cool to find people who are like in on like how to get out of the matrix like oh, we, we figured yeah. it out like let's just keep yeah and then it just keeps it's expanding by talking yeah. about with people who get it so we will keep it going yes, yes. okay guys go listen yeah. to kathy's podcast don't keep your day job go support her if many of our listeners are entrepreneurs or want to start something that is a great place to start is listen yeah. to all those great interviews great tips uh we love you so much you guys okay. need to plug anything or i don't want to <laughs> I'm like so drained in like the best way. Yeah. I'm just like, hi. Just go think about what you want to do. Just Lean go, think about go write you. some things down. Yeah. Start yeah. there. And the if you haven't done a five star rating and review on iTunes, it's it takes two seconds mm-hmm. and we are getting so close to a thousand. And Yay. we would really love if you uh, took a second to do that. So yeah. thank you guys. We love you. All right, love you. Thank Talk you. to you next Bye. week. Bye. Oh, we love you guys so much. Uh, to continue to support Self Helpless Podcast, go to selfhelplesspodcast.com for anything and everything you could want. We have our links to Patreon, merch, our individual websites, our Facebook group, Amazon link, full episodes, also our contact for our P.O. box and email. And you can follow Self Helpless Podcast on Instagram as well as us individually. I am at T Tom Comedy or Taylor Tomlinson, depending on if you're on Instagram or Twitter, ttomcomedy.com. <laughs> and I'm at Kelsey Cook Comedy on Instagram, at Kelsey Cook on Twitter, and KelseyCook.com for tour dates. And I'm at, at Delaney Fisher on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and at Dicks by Delaney for some good old fashioned dick stuff uh, on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And you can also follow Self Helpless on Facebook. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. We love love you. you. Why won't it let me be looking so?